the second part of my conversation with Lindsay White. Hey, will you pause the recording right now? Make sure you share this with a friend, another woman in ministry, another pastor's wife. It is such an important conversation. Also, when you pause, be sure you like us, you rate us, and you subscribe. That would be amazing. More people that find out about us and hear this conversation, the more lives are touched. So anyway, I want to dig back into what I love about, we were talking before I hit the record button, and I was saying how it was so great that when we connected last week, you were like, ask me anything. And that's how I remember you through our whole relationship, anytime from the beginning to when I, you know, we would connect later on. You're always, ask me anything, I'll talk about anything. And I love that because you are so willing to share your story in hopes that it helps somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to talk a little bit more about your struggles Mm -hmm. with anxiety and depression. And you've been so open about that. Um, Can you talk about what it was like to walk through that? Maybe from like when you didn't know what it was, you know, to, to realizing what you were walking through Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then even just the element of being a pastor's wife and being in ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that first time I, I think I had had, I think I know after Ella, my first child, I know I had had some postpartum depression, but it made sense to me because I just had a baby. So I knew enough to know that hormones are crazy. And so it felt a little, it felt acceptable right. <laughs> past when my hormones straighten themselves out. Um, but this was different. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty happy person. I'm, I, like, you know, I do love to laugh and, um, pretty, you know, lighthearted. And, um, and so to start feeling this darkness that was so full of despair Mm. and devastating was terrifying. Mm. So like in the beginning, it was all of the things that were happening, you know, depression, um, depression is anxiety. They're, they're, they are chemical things. So Um, you know, I think as believers, we tend to look at them as like, um, well, you know, we just need to pray more and we probably need to read our Bible more, maybe have a little more faith mixed in there. Mm. Um, and you know, sometimes it's just a chemical imbalance. Yeah. (laughs) We should do all of those things, but I know looking back now, I've learned a lot. Like I said, it was like 10, 11 years ago. Uh, that first episode I've had, you know, different times since also, but that first one, I just began to learn that there were so many stress things happening in my life that were affecting me, uh, very deeply emotionally Mm. that my, my hormones and my chemicals were just so out of whack and my serotonin, you know, your happy chemical was gone, (laughs) used up. (laughs) Wow. And I was just left with, you know, like the, this is just the clinical things I've learned. If you're a nurse out there listening, you know, <laughs> call in and correct me. But, um, <laughs> but you know, the, like the, fl- the flight, f- flight, flight, fight or flight. Hello. Yeah. Chemicals were the ones that were left, you know? And, um, and so it just turned into, like I said, crying, um, lost weight, 
very quickly. My appetite had no appetite joy. I would, I would have to, I would wake up in the night and I've never experienced anything like this because I love to eat. Um, I don't miss meals. I'm not one of those people who's like, Oh, it's five o'clock and I forgot to right. eat today. No, I've eaten all my meals yeah. <laughs> happily. <laughs> um, but I could not eat. I would gag as I tried to eat and um, I would wake up in the night so hungry. My stomach would be just rumbling and I would walk downstairs and, and think to myself, I have to get some calories in my body. Wow. Gag down a couple bites of yogurt to stop the rumbling and go back to bed. Like it was bizarre. It was crazy. Um, the day that we finally called a doctor was, you know, my parents were involved with this. They were still around. My dad had experienced depression when I was an infant. Mm. Um, so he was like a lifeline to me because he had gone through it. He understood, he knew when to talk and when to be quiet. And the most important thing was he had lived, he had survived it. And so there was a glimmer of hope every now and then that maybe I would survive it too. Cause I thought I was dying. I had all these weird, you know, on top of that, I had weird physical symptoms, literally like my depth perception was off and I had a like out of body feel that lasted for months and um, twitches and like all kinds of physical things that, you know, sent me to doctors. I had an MRI done of my brain because I was convinced I had, you know, some issues going on with my brain. Every test, every blood test, every specialist came back perfectly fine. Wow. Um, And it got to the point where we were spending so much money on doctor's appointments because I just couldn't get my, I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that I could be experiencing these things just from depression and anxiety. Surely there had to be something wrong. And if I could find what it was, then they could fix it and I'd feel better. Right. (laughs) You know? Um, But my husband finally said to me, Lindsay, we cannot, honey, my love, dear, (laughs) we cannot spend any more money on doctors. We just can't. We can't afford it. Um, And, um, you know, one day I woke up and just ended up curled up on my bed in a fetal position, just weeping uncontrollably and he it scared him and he called my mom and he said I don't I don't know what to do I don't know what to do and um so she having gone through this with my dad you know 30 years before when there was a very different bent on all of that you know that was a totally different scenario for him but he, she, he, she said to Brian, she said, you know, I think you need to take her to her doctor. And so we did, we went to, my mom actually came with me that night and she did the talking and I sat there weeping. Um, and my doctor prescribed an antidepressant, mm. which I'll tell you, Joy, like at that point I was so desperate for anything because of how horrible, like it was just such a nightmare. Anybody who's listening, who has experienced this knows exactly what I'm talking about, but to wake up every single day um, was a nightmare. And to wake up every single day feeling the same was a nightmare. And to know that I had a six-year-old and a three-year-old that I had to try to take care of, I could barely even get out of bed, was a nightmare. 
to know that, you know, I'm now a lead pastor's wife and I can't even show my face. I couldn't be around people. Wow. As I started getting a little better, I would go and hide in the balcony. I had hiding places around the church. I can laugh about this now. It was not funny then. (laughs) I think every pastor's wife has a good hiding place. I really do. Listen, you you need to bring yourself a cup of coffee and sometimes you just need to go to your hiding place. Yes. (laughs) That's just the way it is. I agree. The balcony, the kitchen, my husband's office, um, and, uh, you know, and anxiety. So there was all kind of, all kinds of thought processes that went with that, but I did go on medication mm. and, um, you know, I was so anxious for it to start working and being at the place that I was, it really took six to eight weeks solid wow. for it to get into my bloodstream enough. Um, and you know, it was interesting because Brian noticed, started noticing little differences first before I even began to feel them. Wow. And, um, I reached out to people, you know, again, transparency. This was a major time in my life. I am so thankful for people who were willing, who had, who had gone through something like this, who were willing to be honest about it and talk to me about it because they were the people I sought out. And any person I came across that I heard, you know, anything about their story or any part of their life that dealt with depression, including my next door neighbor at the time, who wasn't even a Christian, (laughs) who took me under her wing the Lord used her so powerfully. Um, but anybody who had had that as part of their story that was willing to share with me or just empathize with me right. was a lifeline. Could you imagine uh, if they held that to themselves? No. Didn't share their story with you? I, I can't because, you know, I could never imagine that a person could actually feel that bad and not like be in hell because it felt it actually really gave me a deep compassion and like a broad view of eternity because i just kept thinking if hell is anything like this wow and i had the presence of god still with me still upon me i didn't feel his presence i struggled to sense him yeah Um, but I knew he was there, but I just would think at times, if this is anything like hell, dear Jesus, you've got to give me boldness to tell people about you more boldness, because I don't know how people live through this. I I just don't know. And I don't know how people live through things like that without the Lord. I really don't. Um, I remember one time my dad asking me, you know, if I was suicidal at all if I'd had any suicidal thoughts. And um, I remember saying to him, you know, I said, dad, I would never take my own life. I, um, I, I have enough something left to know I have a family and I have children, but if I were to cross the street right now and get hit by a car, I would really be okay with that. You know? So it wasn't like I was thinking about taking my life, but the thought of not, waking up feeling that way was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be, that would be awesome. Cause I don't wow. know how much longer I can do this. Um, so you're taught, you talk about, you know, coming to realize what you're going through and you go with your mom, you get some medication. 
I don't know at that time. I mean, I know now it's, it's different, but was that something that you struggled with in yourself? Like I should be able to deal with this without this, or did you have those um, concerns of like, what are people going to think? Or are there, you know, any kind of lies that you're believing or stereotypes that you had to fight off? Of, I'm a pastor's mm -hmm. wife. I shouldn't do this or being on medication or anything like that at the time. Or were you at that point you were like, honestly, I was so desperate. I just didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> just give me something that will help, you know? Right. Um, but you know, what I did, what I did wrestle with is the thought, like, um, just the shock of like finding myself in that place. Right. You know, I, I had heard, you know, and it's, it's very interesting because one of my brothers had actually dealt some with depression and I am ashamed to say that um this was before I had and I remember being so desperate to help him but not having walked through it myself mm. so not knowing the depth of the despair that comes with it right and I can I was one of those people saying to my own brother you know maybe you just maybe you need to lean in closer to the Lord. And maybe like I was that person. I have been that person out of wanting to help him, you know? Right. Um, and then to go through myself, I'm like, Oh man, I wish I could go back and like slap myself before I walked in that room and said that <laughs> because, um, because at that point, you know, that, that was not what he needed. Right. And not that he didn't need the presence of God. He did, but the presence of God was already there. But like I said, sometimes it's a physical thing that we go through. And, um, and so, you know, just thinking like, wow, I never imagined ever that I would be depressed like this. Right. So it wasn't even so much a stigma. I just, you know, I feel like, um, and I feel like, Quick enough, almost even before I was completely out of it, I was already having connections with other women in my church. Who, so you shared uh, your story right away. It, well, with what am I going to hide? I'm crying every time they see me. They might open the boiler room closet and find me there. Like, so I'm awesome. laying on the balcony, not because I'm, I'm slain in the spirit, but because I'm hiding from people. So like, what other option do I have is I think what I felt. This you is know? so, I, it's just so good. <laughs> I just love this so much. Like I may as well tell you what's going on. Cause maybe you can pray for me then, you know, and maybe God will rescue me from this quicker than this medicine is taking. So I, I so. think it's, I, I, always use this quote by Rick Warren, where he says, out of our greatest pain comes our greatest ministry. Yeah. And I love that. I think yeah. you didn't hide what you were going through when you could have, because you could have thought who's going to accept me as a pastor's wife when I'm struggling mm -hmm. with depression. You, we all go through things and we lie yep. to ourselves. Yep. We you do. Know? Yep. So I just People want to know that we're real. Yes. Yes. Why in the world would somebody like, I don't understand why I would want somebody to look at me and think, wow, 
her life is unattainable. I can never have that. And I'll tell you, walk away. <laughs> and I'll tell you, just by the nature of the title, some people still do think that anyway, before they get to know you. It's yeah. like, it's what we do, right? We put each other on pedestals. We all do it. But that is not the goal or my heart for ministry. I want to share my life in a way that people will say, she's real. That's the biggest compliment I could get. Not that I have it all figured out to perfection, but that she's real. When she makes a mistake, she admits it. She asks for forgiveness. Like the real things of life, we're all real people. Like we're all just flesh and blood. We're, we all wake up with the bad breath and we all have to go potty. And we, like none of us are immune from the real things of life, you know? Yeah. So I remember one girl in particular who I had actually had a conflict with. Um, before that, that had been painful and embarrassing. Um, and I remember there had been since that point, like a, you know, we were cordial, but, but there was a wedge there. Well, she, <laughs> this is, this was so crazy. This was so awesome. One night we were at church on a Wednesday and, um, and I was still in the midst of it better than I was at the beginning, you know, into medication kind of working and whatever. But I remember reaching out to her. I can't remember how it began, but we, we had a conversation and I told her what was going on. And she said to me, Lindsay, I need to ask your forgiveness. She said that time that we had that confrontation, I was so deeply in the midst of depression. Wow. That I, nothing was rational about my life. I was struggling from every aspect of my life. And she said to me, and I will tell you that my family has given me a really hard time about taking medication. Wow. Because they feel like as Christians, we shouldn't need that kind of medication. <laughs> you know, wow. we need other kinds for other things, but not that kind. And, uh, you know, her family loves her. So this is not an attack on them. It was just their take on it. Right. And right there in that moment, like we, we drew from each other. We came to an understanding of what was at the heart of the of part of the conflict. I was like, tell me more because wow. how, and you know, and listen, and I was able to say to her, I'm taking medication that everybody's everybody's take on that is going to be different. And everybody's conviction on that is going to be different. And I will, I honor that. Like that is a personal thing, but just saying to her, like, it's working for me. Mm. It just is. And I still will have to work through the emotional things that got me to that place at some point, but at least my head is coming back above the water to be able to like, even know what those things are. Yeah. You know? And what a cool thing. It was amazing. It was awesome. Amazing. You know, um, it was a life changing thing and a really awesome moment that God allowed for two people who were both broken and hurting to minister to each other. That's amazing. It's the same language, you know, in I the midst of it, both of us. <laughs> so, that's so good. I think what the enemy does is he wants to have us live kind of ashamed Yes. Of whether it's our story or what we're yep. going through. 
And I just want to say this right now. I'm sure I know you are going to inspire so many people listening, but you are inspiring me because I know I have a story to share and I tend to feel a bit of shame mm-hmm. around it. Sure. Yeah. And I know just hearing you, like we have these stories for a reason mm-hmm. and we are in ministry. Our heart is for people. Right. And you are inspiring me to share my story and you're inspiring other people to share their story. And I just think the way God, you know, just gave you that, these stories of reconciling with people and then having people that have come out to help you. And none of that happens if you aren't transparent, right? If you're not real. My mom, I remember at one point, because I get very, very hermit-like when I go through these things, I literally become like a shell of a person. And I just you know, want to be outside all the time. It's like outside brings peace to me. You know, there were some funny things that came out of it. Like I started planting during that time because being outside helped me. I would fold my laundry outside. Like literally we moved outside. (laughs) We were like the weird neighbors who were outside all the time. And I started planting. I had never kept a garden or anything like that but it brought some amount of something. I don't even think I could call it peace, but it was something. Wow. Um, and so I began planting, buying plants and planting and planting. I planted so many plants in my front yard that I ran out of space. Wow. Then I went to the church and my husband would find me planting random flowers at the church, you know, cause it just brought some amount of peace. So I learned how to garden, you know, through that time, which was awesome. Um, but you know, it just, um, you just find things, you know, exercise for anybody who's going through this. Like I would say you, you need to go see a doctor. Um, and you, you know, you need friends. Like I can remember at one point my mom saying to me, because I really, I did keep it to myself in the beginning, not because I was ashamed as much as I just couldn't be around people. Yeah. I didn't even know what to tell people I was going through. Right. But it got to a point where I remember her saying to me, Lindsay, you have to reach out to your core group of friends because they're going to want to help you. Yeah. And joy. It was amazing. Um, I would have friends come over and just stay with me. I found in the beginning, I could not stay alone. The days were too long. The minutes were too long. My mind was so tormented with fear um, that I I just couldn't, I just couldn't be alone. And I would have friends just come and be in my house and dig through my fridge and put a chili, chili together. Or one morning I had a friend, a neighbor who was one of my closest friends walk over with her kids who were best friends with my kids. And she had made pancake batter and before school, cause she knew mornings were the worst mornings were horrible. I was nauseous. I would dry heave. Um, it was like groundhog day where every morning, you know, I might find a little break of peace through the day, but in those beginning months, every morning would be back to square one. Wow. And so I hated getting up in the morning. And so she brought breakfast one morning and set all the kids at the table and she made pancakes and gave them orange juice. And I stood in the kitchen and cried and she walked them to school, you know, but that, those things would not have happened 
if I had not been encouraged to reach out to my core group of friends. Right. Um, and they were amazing. Amazing. And um, is, so this, that. is this yeah. something that you have struggled with since then? A couple times, yes. Okay. I was able that first time after a couple of years to wean off of medication. And I'll tell you, I can remember... This is just interesting. And I don't even know why, you know, some things I think we, we will never know until heaven. Like we just won't. But I remember one day I was walking and I felt like the Lord said to me, what do you want to ask me for? I'm like, well, <laughs> how generous do you want to be? No, <laughs> I remember one of the things joy that I said is I said, Lord, I want to ask you um, that I would never have to go on medication again. And guess what? I had to go on medication again. <laughs> now, maybe that was me. Maybe that wasn't the Lord. Or maybe it was, you know, him. I think sometimes he asks us things. and But in his sovereignty and his wisdom and his grace, he overrides us because he knows what's best. I don't know. But I did end up having to go back on a couple times. And, um, you know, a couple different slumps I had. I, I I dealt with it again after Annie was born. Mm. I'm sure it was postpartum, but we had also moved into a brand new house that needed everything redone. It's a hundred year old house that we're still into this you know, to this day, still working on. Um, and I I ended up having to go back to a doctor and get back on medication because I got to a place based. You know, here I have like ten thoughts in my head, but let me say this: one thing that was sad or shocking to me was that I kind of felt like that first time I went through it, that now I could check that off my list. Okay. Now I've been through depression and anxiety and I can check that off. And you've conquered it. I've conquered it. Right. I'm conquered it. I'm back to good. Um, I've gained all the weight back plus some, (laughs) I (laughs) I can eat everything again. Um, and so when I went through it again, It was not as scary because I had already been through it and survived, Mm. but it was extremely disappointing because I never dreamed I would go through it again. And, um, you know, to feel those feelings again, it was like, man, I forgot how horrible this is. It's like childbirth, right? You, you have a kid, it's painful. It's awful but you don't remember exactly how painful and awful until you're going through it the second right. time. You're like, you're oh, like why right, did I do why this? Did I do this? <laughs> exactly. Um, same, same exact thing. Like I knew, you know, as you come out of it and you move on from it, like I can talk about it. I've used the experience. I knew it was bad, but you forget exactly how bad mm. until it's back again. Um, so yeah, I've gone through it at least two times since then over the years, but I've, you know, the third time around, it's like, okay, well, that disappointment didn't even exist because, all right, we've been, now we've been there, done that. And, you know, you get to a point where it's like, I, I can remember saying to a really good friend of mine, um, you know, this is just like part of me now. Right. And I remember her saying to me, Lindsay, no, no, this is just a part of your story now. Mm-hmm. And those are two very so different things. And what wisdom that was so good not identify this like this is my depression or my anxiety no no this is a part of my story that god allows for some reason right uses 
always, <laughs> Yes. you know, and the most recent time was probably four years ago now, maybe. And Ella was, she would have been 14 at the time. And that's a whole different thing. You know, um, Noah was so young the first time that he didn't, he was thrilled because, you know, we were outside all the time and he got to dig in the dirt. That's all he knew that was going on. He got to live outside. Ella knew mommy was crying quite a bit, but she was six and, you know, a lot of things went over her head. Well, at 14, um, she, you know, picked up on a lot and it was unnerving to her in the beginning to see me unraveling. Right. Um, and I found that it was worse when I was trying to hide what it was Wow. to protect her. Right. Um, and I finally got to the point where I just thought I, you know, I have to just, I have to just explain to her. And I remember saying to her, honey, even mommies at times where they hurt, mm. I'm not, you know, sick, I'm not dying. I'm not, you know, but I'm, I'm struggling. And you're going to probably see me cry a little bit, but it's okay because I've been through this before and I'm going to make it through again. Mm. But what I can tell you, honey, is that if you ever go through something like this and I pray you never do, but if you do, you can come to me because I can tell you, I can, I understand what you're going through. Wow. You know? And so that was like a, that was a thing talking to my own child about it. Right. That was a big deal. That was, was hard. Big deal. That was really hard, <laughs> you know? Um, but, but that helped her, you know, that helped. At least there was some point of understanding when I was crying or falling apart or whatever, battling it in whatever way I could. And I'll tell you, it was really awesome because she, um, for part of her college essay, after she had written it um, and submitted it, I read it. She wanted me to read it. And she talked about watching me go through, it was all, you know, part of one part of her thing. It was about part of her testimony and her faith and all these different things. But part of it was her family and watching me go through seasons of depression and watching what I did to, um, I don't know, you know, get better and stay close to the Lord. And it became part of her, it became part of her story. Ugh. And you know, what a cool thing. And she said to me, mom, do you mind that I put that in there? And I said, no, I don't, because it is part of my story. And what am I going to do about it? I can't change it. <laughs> I can't right. change it. You know, um, it is something that God has allowed and no, use it use it, you know, I think that's so profound. You saying part of my story became part of her story because mm -hmm. that really is that way with our kids. I think that's yeah. such a great way to look at it. Yeah. And when you have a victory or you you're walking out something and you know, God is using that in their lives. Yep. Yep. I love. And that. I had one, one more story. It was just, so this was another profound thing I remember. And, and if anybody that's going through this, I wish I had thought to look and find the link to it. But, um, one of my family members randomly at one point hurt was listening to a focus on the family interview that Dr. Dobson, I think had done a long time ago. 
who was a pastor of a mega church from Texas. And it was part of a series that my cousin had ordered and whatever, and just happened to listen to that one while I was going through the first time. And she listened to it and she called me and she said, Lindsay, you have got to get your hands on this interview. She said, everything this pastor is saying sounds so much like what, you know, you're going through. And, um, so I did, I found a copy of it and, um, he just shared so transparently, um, his struggle with depression as a lead pastor of a mega church. Like he literally had to step down from the pulpit for six months because he could not stand up and preach. He could not be around people. Um, he described it like one day it just felt like someone came and just switched a light off just to switch, switch something off and something began to just die in him. And, um, I remember thinking to myself, I need to talk to this man. So I tracked down the church. Wow. I called a number and I got his secretary and joy. I'm telling you this, first of all, this woman, I'm, I'm crying. Here's this crazy, strange person calling. Right. And I, I'm crying. And I said, I heard the interview that he did with Dr. Dobson. Um, I am a pastor's wife and I am struggling with depression and I'm bought and she's this Southern Texas woman. She just takes, she just goes, Oh honey. Oh honey. It's going to be okay. Oh sweetheart. I'm going to cry. I know. I'm telling you. And she said to me, listen, um, I'm trying to do the accent. Listen, um, he's not in the office right now, but he will want to talk to you. So let me take your name and number and I will have him call you back. And sure enough, he called me back. He called me back. This is the best story ever. It was awesome. It was amazing. And we, we just, we just talked and he was another one of those lives. And I'm thinking, I can't even believe this man is taking time out of his day, but you know what happened? He went through a depression that he would have never, ever guessed that he would go through. He was the lead pastor of a mega church and saw God take him out of it, have him walk through this. And it has become a passion of his to minister to people who have walked through this. And I was just one of those people. And um, I'm going to, if we should look for the link, I could put it in the show. Yes, I will look for it again. It was a focus on the family. It was Dr. James Dobson interviewing him. And you know what? Um, gosh, I wish my, my brain is like fried. Yeah, we have it. time. Well, we can look for it. Cause I would love we'll to find it. That. And I actually have a book that, that the pastor ended up writing a book about depression. That is awesome. So, um, I will, I'll find it and, and definitely we'll get it to you because if you can, you know, find the interview or find the book, um, it was so helpful. It was a lifeline. It was a lifeline. I love that. Very unexpected one <laughs> because you never expect, you know, somebody with a, no, their own mega church to take care of, to call back a random stranger, you know? So, but he did. So if you could give one encouragement to a woman who is listening, who is struggling with this, whether it's a woman in ministry, a pastor's wife, um, a pastor, if I know there's so much that you could say about this, but if you could give, they're listening right now, 
what's the one piece of encouragement you could give them right now? So first I would say, I wish I could hug you right now. Um, And I would say you are going to be okay. You're going to be okay. The light will come to the end of the tunnel. The light is already there. (laughs) You may not see it right now, but it is there. Um, And you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You will live through this. You will make it. There is help. There is so much help. Um, A friend of mine who was a nurse that I reached out to every single day through this, you know, in the very beginning, when I was trying to figure out what to do, she said to me, she said, Lindsay, you do not have to struggle like this through this. They, they have medication for this <laughs> that can help. It doesn't solve everything. It's not a fix all. It's not a happy pill. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about that. It doesn't change your personality. It just gives you enough serotonin and good chemicals to get your head above the water. Right to be able to breathe and figure out why you're feeling this way and work through it. That's all it does. It's not a magic pill, Hmm. but you don't have to struggle like this. There is help, um, but you will be okay. Hmm. Well, I want to throw out there, if anybody's listening and you want to send an email, send it to joyforministry at gmail.com. And I will make sure that Lindsay gets it. I would love it. (laughs) I would love it. Absolutely. Just for women to feel like they're not alone. And sometimes you just have to tell somebody, yeah. you know, thank you for making me feel like I'm not alone. So yeah. Yeah. send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And that's the other thing, you know, like you just said, you're not alone. And I think that that's huge. And I don't care what your title is. Um, this, this is not a respecter of persons, of gender, of title, of age, I spoke to a youth group at one point. I got asked to share this story with a youth group. And they were like, you know, not really, who's this old lady sitting there talking to us? Not really paying attention until I said the words depression and anxiety and every head, I kid you not. This is sixth grade through 12th grade. And that's heartbreaking to me. But every head snapped up and I had their undivided attention. Wow. Because the majority of those kids there knew what I was talking about, were either in a season of depression and, and or anxiety or knew one or multiple friends who were struggling. Like wow. literally their head snapped up and I went, wow, <laughs> now I've got your attention. Like it was unbelievable. So this is not a respecter of anything. Right. Um, So, you know, I don't care what your title is. Um, This, this can affect you and it affects a lot of people and, um, but there, but there's help and you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not the only one who has gone through this or is going through this. That is a lie that the enemy loves to whisper to us. And then he loves to, you know, top it off with shame um, but that is a lie from the deepest, darkest pit of hell. Yeah. And it keeps um, us alone. It does. And can I, I know we've gone a while here, but can I say one more thing? Cause this yes. was really important. I had to begin to figure out what things would help me. So exercise was one. I walked every day. 
Um, it just helped me to get outside, at, not speak, nothing, just to get outside and walk. But another thing that was huge was worship music. And what I found was that I hated the mornings because it was Groundhog Day, but I also hated the night. I hated everything, but the night was specifically difficult because um, when it was just depression, I slept a lot. But when anxiety started being woven into that, I would wake up every single night at some point and not be able to go back to sleep for hours because my brain would get going. And so eventually I found a song that ministered to me. It was a calm, um, it, it, was a, it was actually by a band called Desperation Band and the song is Good To Me. And it just says, you are good to me. You are good to me. It was like just a simple declaration of the goodness of God. And I would put my earbuds in. I finally, like I had a iPod Nano. <laughs> back in that day, back right? In the day. Um, and I had it by my bed with my earbuds. And the second I would wake up, I would pop them in. And I had that song just low volume on repeat because I found that I was too tired. I didn't have enough strength to fight my brain, but I needed something to fill it, to override the, the terror. Mm. And so to play that song, just kind of, I didn't have to think about it. <laughs> it was just the words and the truth that were being spoken into my head that would, you know, eventually shut up the, the terror. And, um, and that was huge for getting through the night because the night can be really a long ordeal, you know? I love that you're sharing these tangible, like, you know, just tools Mm -hmm. to help somebody that's in the midst of this, that needs help right now. Yeah. Yep. But you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You sure are. Thank you so much. You're you welcome. are an inspiration to me and I would love to have you back. Let's do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. Yay. Yes. Can I pray for yes. the listeners? Would that be okay? That's so, yes. That would I be would more than okay. All right, I'll just take one more second here. Father, I come before you, Joy and I, we just join hearts right now. Lord, I don't know who is listening on the other end of this, but you do. You know each name, you know each situation, you know each heart, each disappointment, each fear, each part of um, a story that has been broken. And Lord, I call upon your mighty and precious name to just um, fill the hearts and the minds of the listeners, Lord, with your presence. Holy Spirit, we are in such desperate need of you in the day that we live. Spirit of God, we need to be bathed <laughs> in your presence. And so I pray for every person listening. I just ask for healing. I ask for wisdom. I ask for people to come around them. I ask that you would give them the courage to be transparent and ask for help if they need it, or if they've already been through this to share their story. And I pray God that every circumstance that the enemy has staked his ground thinking that he has won, Lord, would be taken back for your kingdom. 
We give you glory and we give you honor. We believe your words. We believe that you are who you say you are. And I know that you will do what you say you can do. So I pray blessing and peace. If there are any listeners who have not slept through the night in a long time, in the name of Jesus, I pray that they would wake up in the morning and go, my word, (laughs) I slept through the night. Praise the Lord. So bless these listeners and just lavish them with your presence. And bless Joy, Father, for this ministry. Let her continue to have doors open to her that she could never open herself for herself. Go before her and just use her mightily, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you. Thank you. (laughs) This was so good. This was awesome. Thank you so much for- Thank you. No. Asking questions and listening. And um, I'm just going to believe that the Lord will use not just this podcast, Joy, but your willingness to do this and to step out. Um, and just, I know he's going to use you. I know it and is using you already. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here for this important conversation. Please check out the show notes. We have some links in there. that are great resources. The book that Lindsay talked about. We have some songs that helped her as she was walking through this. We would love for you to check those out. Also, please share this podcast with any woman in ministry or pastor's wife that you know. Um, It's such an important conversation. We would love to get it out to as many people as possible. Also rate us, subscribe. And if you need prayer, please check out our website. You could submit an anonymous request, joyforministry.com, or you can email us at joyforministry at gmail.com. We have an amazing team that loves to pray for other women. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired and come back next week for another amazing podcast.